Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoy the message. We're going through this series called That's My King. Uh, last week, I talked about the love of God. Last week, I talked about how... Um, Sometimes we identify ourselves with our mistakes, and I talked about how, how you're a child of God first and foremost. That's the love of God. The love of God is not the condemning one. He's the one that accepts. That, that's what I talked about last week, and I talked about how in my life I struggled with accepting the love of God, not just because I didn't know that was the love of God, but because I was always in shame and thinking that he just hated me for what I did. He, he pretty much loved me through it no matter what. And he spoke to me, I talked about last week, how he wasn't mad at me and how I spoke to y'all, he's not mad at you. And that, and that, and uh, this uh, Christian rapper KB said this, that kind of confirmed the message. He said, he said, it, it, it doesn't break his heart as a dad to, to see his child make a mistake. It breaks his heart when he sees his child not bring his mistake to him. That was, that was what broke his heart. It wasn't because of their mistake, but he was, he was heartbroken that they couldn't bring the mistake. And that was the same picture with us and, and God. God's not broken when you make a mistake. God's broken when you don't bring it to him because you can. Religion tells you that if you make a mistake, God doesn't like you anymore. But in all reality, really all it is, hey, I made a mistake. I can bring it to the Father about this. He's willing to talk to you about it. So that's what I talked about last week. So this week... This week is going to be good. I, I really enjoyed making this message. I made it late because of all the hurricane stuff. I made this message late notice, but the Lord was speaking to me, so I'm ready to hit it off the road. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27, and it says this. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. And, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So week one, I talked about the king's love. Week two is titled the king's peace. This is a message about peace and anxiety. Um, a disclaimer about this message, it's not just talking about stuff that makes you anxious, because this message is really about sometimes we're anxious because of our decisions. Sometimes we're anxious because of the stuff that we decide to do. Now, if you're diagnosed with it, that's not your fault. You just are diagnosed with anxiety. And, and what I can say about that is, is that when you get anxious, the only thing you can do in that is get into the presence of God. Because we like, like I said, and I've talked about this before, we like to ask God to take the stuff away, but what if he wants us to meet him in it? So that's pretty much what I can say about that because I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist or whatever. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not into that, what is it? Psychology, Psycho- whatever. I'm not, I'm not in that realm of, of professionalism, but, but I can tell you as a pastor, I can tell you right now that that with it, with that type of stuff, all I can tell you is, is that the presence of God is the place where it gives you peace the most. So that's what I can give to you if you're diagnosed with that. But 
with this message, this is based off of decisions. So when I read that path, first off, I have a peacemaker mentality. Anybody else have a, have a peacemaker um, personality? Yeah. Raise your hand, Dakota. Stop. <laughs> so, so if you don't know what a peacemaker mentality or personality is, a peacemaker personality is like, I love peace. Conflict sucks. I, I, want, I don't want people to hate me or, or look at me different. If I'm, I don't want to make them mad. Uh, I choose your feelings over mine. That, that, type of, that type of mentality. But I've grown, I've grown into it a lot. That's why I'm glad God gave me this message because it was bad. Like I, if there was any type of conflict or anything like that, I would walk away from it. I didn't, I didn't care about it. Um, if, if I made someone mad, dude, I would beat myself up, all this stuff. Like it was, it was so bad. But it was to the point where in my growth, pretty much conflict was where God wanted me because he wanted me to grow. So I had to face conflict. I face conflict a lot more now and overcome it a lot more than what I used to do. Also, when it comes to someone not liking me, I don't care anymore. <laughs> you get to the mentality where you don't care. And not, not, just like, not just like you be a complete butthole to somebody and then not care. That's different. Don't be, don't be that. But, but when it comes to how people think about you or, 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 or if you do something to stand for righteousness, that's when I don't care. That's when that falls to the side. Because I would get so beat up because I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But now that that's passed on, it's easier for me to challenge now that it was from before. So, and then also when it comes to choosing people's feelings over mine, it's still natural. Like, obviously, I care about your feelings than mine now. I'm your pastor. I'm going to, I care about how you feel more than me. But, but in my personal life, if my feelings are tempered with, I'm going to face them. I'm going to talk about them. And so that I've, I've grown a lot in that. So with this message, with, with this passage, What, what got me that I didn't like about this passage, there's something I didn't like about it. The one thing I didn't, I didn't like, look, I loved when Jesus said, hey, waves, shut up. I liked that. He, he brought peace. I like that. But I, think, I don't think that was really the peace of God. People think it is. Like when he calms the waves and stuff, that's the peace of God. But where the peace of God, I believe, really came from, and it's funny, the peace of God didn't come when... He decided to calm the waves. The peace of God came when he was taking a nap in the storm. That was my perspective. And you're like, huh? What? Who cannot sleep through a storm? Like if, if we have rain and thunder and lightning and you, like it wakes you up, it, it freaks you out, you can't sleep. Who can sleep through it like a log? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For some of us, it's okay. You're a rare breed. You're built different. That's fine. You're okay. But like, but like for me, like I can sleep through the whole thing. So I give Jesus credit because he's like sleeping through the whole storm. Also, he's on a boat. So the boat's rocking back and forth while he's, you know, trying to sleep through the storm. And the storm was big. Like, like they were saying when that, when all that stuff happened theologically, like the storm was like, it wasn't like hurricane stuff like, like what we had, but, but it was, it was really detrimental. They could have tipped over. So Jesus is sleeping on a rocky boat in the storm. I couldn't really get to that point of trying to sleep through a storm, but I can, I can sleep through any storm. Like if there's lightning and stuff like that, that don't bother me. Uh, that, 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 that passes my, my anxiety. I don't, I don't really care about that. But, but what boggled my mind, man, is when Jesus pretty much slept through the storm. I never caught that until I, I, I studied it this morning. 
the peace of God is not when everything's convenient. That's, that's not when the peace of God operates. That's not when it activates. The peace of God is already in you, so when you're in a storm, you can take a nap in the storm. That's what the peace of God is all about. I always thought it was convenience because I'm a peacemaker. Like, it has, to be, it has to be right. Rainbows and butterflies. Like, it has to be so peaceful. But in all reality, I truly believe that the peace of God does not come from a convenient place. It comes from you, what does it say? The peace of God that transcends all understanding, all logic, all, all things that you can't comprehend or what you're uncertain about. That is the peace of God. But with this message, it's not, this is not what it's really about. This message is about how sometimes we get caused, anxiety is caused by our decisions. Because sometimes anxiety, a lot of the times anxiety is called by something else. It's caused by something else. But sometimes it is caused by us. From the decisions we make, the stuff we think about, that, that can cause anxiety. So I want to give you three things that, that causes anxiety in your life from, from your decision. Point number one, I got points now. Point number one is your need for control. That is an anxiety kicker. And this is not for the control freaks in here. This is for everybody who has a grip on something that you probably shouldn't control right now because it's giving you anxiety. You trying to control something that you can't, that, that naturally gives anxiety. But you trying, you having not have the need for control where you can't control anything right now, that causes anxiety as well. And the funny thing that I realized back then when they would sell with boats, and even now, like the fishermen, when they would sell the boat, they have full control of their boat, pretty much. Like they, they know where to go, they know where to turn. When you're in a storm, you can't go anywhere. It's rocking back and forth. You can't, you can't see anything within like, with like a mile because it's so foggy and clouded out. They lose all control when a storm hits. So they have to depend on when the storm calms down or to calm themselves while they're in the boat. And some of us are like that where if we don't have control of the boat and the storm's raging, then we panic and we get anxious. But your need for control is is demolished when you understand God's in control. That's, that's where you get your peace. One preacher said this one time. He said, God is always in control, but he doesn't always take control. And I was like, okay, that sounds contradictory. It's the same thing. In control, take control. That's, I feel like that's the same. Well, no. God's in control of every situation, period. End of story. You're going through something, God's in it. If, you're, if everything's going great, God's in it. God's in every single situation in full control of what he's doing. But God cannot intake how much food you eat. Yeah, you can eat as much as you want. Uh, who, what's, uh, okay, what's a better place? Uh, Golden Corral or, oh, that's something, no. Golden Corral or like, like a Chinese buffet? Probably a Chinese buffet. Bro, you can go, look, oh, I forgot I made this story. It was one of our students' unites, and I talked about how I went to a Chinese place. I don't know if some of y'all remember this, but I went to a Chinese place, you know, buffet one time. And I was so excited about it. I, w- I, was, I, w- I was so hungry that day. And then after that, I said that I had an appointment with my toilet. That's how I said it. I said I had an appointment with my toilet. So, so that type of stuff. Like, like that good buffet, man. Like an incredible buffet. I'm going to be honest with you. God cannot control how much you eat. He can't. You have, you, you have a body. You have to eat. 
you, God does not control how much you intake of, of your thoughts, whatever comes into your mind. God doesn't usually control that. You do. God doesn't intake how much TikTok or social media platforms that you intake. You, <laughs> listen, though, and, and that's true, because I'm going to be honest with you. I was two, three months ago. I'm not proud of this, but it's kind of cool. It, I was on TikTok. I kid you not. It was a day off. Friday was my day off. It was my Sabbath day. I was on TikTok that night for almost four hours, four to five hours, legitimately. Sarah's like, oh my gosh, Jacob, you're on that for so long. But seriously, I was on TikTok for almost four hours. It went from 100% to almost 20% within three and a half hours, just scrolling. I was just on there, and I was like, man. But dude, once I got off, oh, I felt like I was like, like I stood for so long. I got up, bro. Every, like every body part was aching because I was laying for four hours without sleeping. So my body wasn't at rest. So I stayed on there for four hours. God can't control that, but I can. I can control that. You can control how much you intake on social media. You can, in, you have the power over that. But the funny thing is, is that we think God's going to control everything. When in some cases, you have the authority to control certain things. You have that authority. So when you understand that God's in control, so for me, as a peacemaker, if God's in control, it's a relief for me. That means I don't have to do anything. That means I don't have to be uncertain. I know God has it. I'm good now. But for some of us who have a control issue, that's where it gets rough. Because when you know God's in control, it's like, man, I know he's in control, but like, I, I want to grab onto something, you know? I want to grab onto something. And that's where God's teaching you to trust in him rather than trust into your own control. That's what he's teaching you. Because what you need to know is that God is in control. This is where you have to learn to let go of your plans, let go of your agendas, let go of your preferences, and let God take control. God is in control of every situation, but he is not in control of your decisions. He's not. He's not going to make you robotic like some people, some Christians really believe that God makes us robotic once we get saved. No, that's, that's where it comes from where, where your robotic self doesn't even, doesn't even happen in that you have that free will. You have that free will. God doesn't make us robotic, but he does give us desires to do good and to stand for righteousness. That's what he does. But like I said, he takes control of every situation, but he does not take control of your decisions. Point number two. Y'all are going to think I'm dumb for this. Your phone. Point number two, your phone. Y'all ain't ready for this. Your phone. See, I did it. You are. You know how you text people? You're, you, phone. Some people are decent and they'll be like, yeah, Y-O-U. Yeah, that's how you text. No, that's not how I text. I go, you. Or you are, your, are, whatever. I don't do A-R-E as R, I do R. I do that now. I don't know why I do that. I guess I just caught that off of y'all. But I, I used to do regular text messages, but now I'm just like, you, why, or whatever. <laughs> James like, no, dude, I'm a decent human being. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I text you, are all that regularly. Okay, bro, okay. So, so I talked about this last week. Remember when I just talked about from the first point, control what you intake? It's the same stuff with your phone. I'm going to sound like a dad, but I'm not. <laughs> I love my phone. Like I said, I'm on TikTok all the time. I'm on social media platforms. I'm on this stuff. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, I have never caught so much anxiety in my life from this. I'm going to be honest. Some of y'all are like, oh, dude, what? You're crazy about that, man. But I'm going to be honest. All the, all the stuff that social media puts, all the, all the stuff that the culture is putting on us, that's all through this. That's all through this. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I bless the day and I curse the day that this was created. Because the, at the same time, I'm going to be honest, at the same time, I have, I can spread the gospel on social media. I can do all this stuff on social media. Other crazy stuff is on there as well. It's both. At the same time, my Bible app is here. The next is, is a porn site. It's on the same phone. It's on the same phone. The same way, the same way that I can, I can read my Bible and, and set up like alarms and stuff like that, great utilities, is the same place where I can get in trouble at the same time. At the same exact time. And the crazy thing is, is that because I can be on social media and all this stuff and just, and just get anxiety over the littlest stuff, whether what the news is telling me, what social media is telling me, what other people's opinions that they put on social media. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm getting all this anxiety. And how dare I ask God for peace when I don't know how to intake that stuff well enough? How can I ask God for peace when my decisions make me anxious? You can ask God for peace. He'll give you peace, even when you did it. But God would rather you. He would rather you ask him, Lord, how much, give me self-control on how much I intake. How much am I really going to intake? Because that's another thing. Gluttony is another thing. This stuff can make me not just anxious, but it can cause gluttony because it's so much. It can be so overwhelming in here. Some of y'all don't under, so for some of us, it's not like that because we just, we go in there, we see the memes and stuff like that. Like, it's perfectly fine. Like, I don't go on anything else. But for some of us, maybe anxiety comes from a place where it's in your back pocket. It's funny how we ask for God's peace, but we do it to ourselves. Does that make sense? Like, God can ask for, you can ask God for peace. Peace is already within you. That's natural. But when you are doing stuff that will probably make you anxious, like your phone, you know how you get those text messages from someone that you're just like, oh, God. Like that type of anxiety, that type of stuff. And then we ask God, God, give me peace. Give me, give me a rest. Because here's the deal. We must learn. And like from the first, from the first point, control and self-control are two different things. Control is like controlling something, situations, relationships, whatever. But self-control is controlling yourself. That's, that's, that's not just a feeling. Self-control is not a feeling. It's a fruit of the spirit. That's where it really comes from. So when we, ask, when we try to have self-control, it's not on our own willpower. Self-control comes from the spirit of the Lord, where I ask God, God, give me, give me self-control. Not just, because people can naturally think like, oh, you know, have self-control in your sin and all this stuff. You know, have me, give me self-control of how much I intake on social media. How much I intake, no matter what it looks like, how, what, what is really making me anxious? A lot of the times for me personally, if it's not y'all, cool, God bless y'all. But for me, it's my phone. On my days off on Friday, which is usually a Sabbath day for me, I shut off my phone. I shut it off. I don't touch it. It's on do not, look, I put it on silent, do not disturb, and I shut off the phone. That's how much it is for me because it's such a detrimental thing. Listen, y'all, even as a 22-year-old, I'm still young. I can still kick it. I'm still, shush. (laughs) Shush it. 
I'm still, I'm still, I'm still in a younger age, but even me as a 22-year-old, to have this type of anxiety from a platform that's supposed to be awesome. Influencers are supposed to be great. But in all reality, it's causing more anxiety than it ever did. If it doesn't do that for you, then God bless. But I don't want it to hit you in the long run. Because it can. Your phone can become the most greatest gift, yet the deadliest weapon. And I don't say this as like, oh, the kids are always on their phones and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying it as a person who's been through all this stuff. Dude, my phone, like I'm on it all the time because of ministry, because, of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm active on social media. I'm not saying it always affects me. But what I can tell you right now is that it causes, when we intake whatever news is out there, whatever, I don't know, all types of stuff, it it's such a big problem. But then we ask God, Lord, give me peace. When we do it to ourselves, your phone can, can, can have that, can happen to you. Self-control is a spiritual thing, like I just said. Because it's, it's not a feeling. You can't just naturally have self-control. You really can't. It can, you can have some type of maturity in it, but true self-control comes from the Lord. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. It's controlling yourself through the spiritual lens of it. Not, not in your own willpower, not in your own flesh, but through the spirit of God. So we have to ask God, God, give me, give me self-control of how much I intake, how much I'm going to intake. My mom told me that one time. She said, she said, what are you feeding today? Are you feeding your flesh? Or are you feeding your spirit? And the way I interpreted it was, how much am I going to intake for which or the other? There's an unlimited supply of how much you intake of God's presence and spirit. There's an unlimited supply. But with social media, it drains and it causes you to go back again and again and again. And maybe some of us are more advanced and we're just like, no, social media doesn't bother me. But for some of us in here, it causes a lot of pain and a lot of destruction. So you have to learn how to control your intake. And that comes from the spirit of God. That doesn't come from your own, your own will. Then my third and final point, I'm going to finish it off with a story. Point number three is not obeying God or his calling on your life. This is a big one because this has happened to me. I want to talk about obeying God's word first before calling because obeying God's word is the ultimate thing you need to do before you obey the calling of God in your life. Obeying his word is so crucial. I'm not just talking about sin. We know that. We know that. But when it comes to loving your neighbor as yourself, when it comes to forgiving other people, when it comes to serving each other in love, that's obedience. That's obeying God. This one preacher said, he said, he said, your maturity in Christ will determine how fast you obey him. Your maturity in your walk with God will determine how fast you obey him. In my life, as I've grown up in church, gone through stuff, I have learned to trust God a lot easier. It's been a lot, I've been a lot more obedient to what he tells me, ultimately because I've been through stuff and, and I've already learned that. But for some of us, because some of us are younger in the faith, it's hard to trust him. It's hard to obey in a moment when you don't see the end result. Same thing happened to Jonah. Jonah was a prophet. He was a great prophet. He speak to many other nations. But when God called him to Nineveh, which was a place of great sin, God told him, Go tell them that if they don't repent, their whole nation will be perished. And for some reason, Jonah panicked and left. Here's the thing about disobedience and obedience. 
Disobedience is an easier decision, but it's a, 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 a harder outcome. Obedience is a harder decision, but it comes with an easier outcome. Because God wants you to understand that the outcome is more important than the decision. The decision might not be easy, but how glory of an outcome you'll have. A dis, be, disobeying, it was easy for Jonah to run away. But what was the outcome? He got swollen by a whole whale, right? Swallowed by a whole fish, was isolated for, I think, I don't know how long. I, I think it was a day or something like that, or a few days. He was isolated in that until he came to his senses. He was like, okay, God, I'm going to obey you. And he got spit out, and he went to Nineveh, and, and they repented, and God set them free. All you got to do is obey. This is not a rule thing. I don't, I, I, in your head, you're probably thinking it's a rule thing. No, 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 no. There's a blessing when you, when you are obedient to God. There's a blessing through it. I'm going to tell you this. Even Jesus said, he said, if you serve each other, he was washing his disciples' feet, and he said, if you love each other, serve each other, and be obedient to what I tell you, you will be blessed. Now, it's not always like a convenient blessing, but it's a blessing that sometimes comes from within, and sometimes it's a blessing that's protection, whatever that looks like. There's a blessing when you obey God. But it's so easy to disobey. It's so easy, but it's such a, a stronger and more effective outcome. When, now I want to talk about calling. I almost gave up on my calling one time. I almost gave up on this. Now, this was before I started here. I almost gave up on it. It was during kids camp a couple years ago, and I almost gave up on my calling. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. Like, I, I didn't see any result. It had been two years since the Lord spoke to me. I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm done. There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no harvest of what I'm supposed to do next. So I was just going to give up on it. Who remembers Kenetra? Who remembers Kenetra? So, so she came up to me one time. And, and bless her heart because she did this for, to me for the Freedom Conference because I was anxious for the conference. And she sent me a recording and, and prayed over me through a recording. I was like, oh, my gosh, stop. Like, <laughs> so so she, she walked up to me one time during kids camp. It was the second day. And I, that night I was giving up on this. So she, she met up with me and she said, Jacob, I had a dream about you. I said, really? You had a dream about me? What? What was it about? You know? being funny. And, and she walked and she said, I had a dream about you preaching somewhere. And I was like, whoa, cool. In the moment I was like, oh yeah, no, sick. Cool. Yeah. But then, but then when she told me, she's like, I'm serious. Like I saw you preaching somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I saw you preaching somewhere. And that day it, I did, it, it wasn't in the mall. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's just a dream. Sometimes it's just, you know, random people do that all the time. You probably have dreams about people. It's, it's, it's natural. But, but when it came to when she told me, that that I was called, like she saw me preaching somewhere. I sat on that and I marinated on that. And not just two years later, in that moment, in that moment when she told me that and when I left, I was like, okay, God, I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to continue to pursue it. Two, another two years passed by, but I still trusted. It was different than last time because two years I was giving up. But after what she spoke and God revealed that and confirmed that, I waited two more years. Even going through my first job, which was hell. It was horrible. But I went through those two years. And then, and then I went, and then I knew about CLC. I knew about Crossroads Leadership College. And, I, and then I went because God opened the door. And I went to that. Then I met with, uh, I met with Pastor Brandon a couple of times. And he hired me. 
He hired me January 2020. And I'll never forget that moment where, what if I would have disobeyed the calling and I wouldn't be where I am now? And not just be where I am, but I wouldn't be able to feed you guys the spirit of the word. What if I wasn't here? What if I was disobeying one of the, probably the biggest calling I've ever had on my life? Some of you have a calling on your life. Some of you really do. Like God, like something stirs within you that you, that you feel like it's God. But you're running away from it. You're running away from it. God wants you to know that something is coming for you to understand that this calling is legit and that he wants to use you for it. But you got to stop running away from it. Even like Jonah, Jonah was called to go tell Nineveh that, hey, you need to repent before God perishes your whole land. And, and he was like, oh, no, 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 I'm running away. I'm going to walk away. But, but that cost him because God resists when he calls you. He wants you to be in a place where he can use you. And that's where obedience comes from. Uh, everyone thinks that, oh, God forced Jonah to go to Nineveh. No, 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 no. I think it was God's grace that was covering him to go back. Because if he would have left, Nineveh would have never known to repent. They would have never known. God, would probably, God could have sent anyone else, but he probably wouldn't have because he wanted Jonah to do it. And because God's grace covered Jonah and he resisted and brought him back through a storm and a fish, and he brought him back because he knew that the calling of God was on his life. He knew he called him to something. If you're running away from your calling, I want you to understand that can make, me, that can make people anxious. You feel like you you like you want to like you're supposed to do something, but like you're just stuck. Maybe it's your calling that you know you know your calling. Maybe you don't. Maybe you should ask God about it. But some of you know your calling, and you're running away from it. God wants you to know that He wants you to go towards it, and His grace is sufficient to cover you while you go through it. He's willing to. But if it's making you anxious, then you have to obey. Sin does that too. All that stuff, obeying God's word, sin, it causes us to be anxious. It doesn't just separate us from God. Oh, you, you, you sin, you go to hell. No, no, no. It's not just that. Sin, inf- this one pastor said, sin inflicts your soul. It inflicts and causes conflict within your soul. That's worse than just going to hell, man. It's, it's, it's in me. It inflicts me, my relationships, and my family, and God. It does all of those things, and it causes anxiety. But I want you to know, like I said in the beginning, that God doesn't, God, God's not really brokenhearted that you made a mistake or you fell short. He is heartbroken that you don't bring it to him. Because he wants to be that type of father in your life. He wants to be that type of God, the God that you can go to, God, I messed up. All right, let's walk through it. Because we expect God to be like, how dare you? How dare you walk into my domain and ask for my help when you've done this thousands of times? No, 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 no. He walks in. He walks in and he's like, let's walk through this. But you got to get the right perspective because it's all about acceptance. It's not about, it's not about what you can do right and what you can do wrong. That's a part of it. You don't want to do wrong all your life. You want to do good. You want to be righteous. But God accepts you even when you are. And I couldn't believe it because I'm like, man, I'm all, I've always heard this standard and that standard. No, 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 no. God accepts you right here. I talked about that last week. But If those three things are making you anxious, you need to bring it to God and ask him, Lord, help me to let loose of my control. Help me to, with my intake, not just with my phone, that was just a funny point, but even with anything in my life. And number three, 
Lord, am I disobeying your word or am I disobeying the calling you have on my life? Those are the things that we have to look at because sometimes anxiety is caused by our decisions. Sometimes it is other stuff. There are people you know that just give you like anxious goosebumps. Like they just, oh, why they walk in my domain? Why they walk in my, my line of whatever? Like, ugh. But, but sometimes it's not just that. It's not just your situation. Sometimes it's you. And that's okay because you get to, because sometimes it's not people. Jacob back in Genesis thought that he had to make peace with Esau because he had betrayed his brother. So he had to make peace and all this stuff. When really his fight wasn't with his brother. It wasn't with Laban who was in the Bible. It was with him and God. His name was Israel, which means struggles with God. It was between him and God. It wasn't between anybody else. His moments came with him and God. So what is making you anxious that it's not a situation? It's not somebody. What if something within you is causing you to be anxious? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I need some keys. Not a car key, but a key. Yeah, sorry, you're good. This dude took me literally. <laughs> so, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Anxiety is a big issue in our culture. Anxiety and depression are two of the biggest things. Sometimes it's not your fault that you have it. Sometimes it's di- you're diagnosed with it. That's, that's all reasonable. But what if, what if your anxiety is being caused by what you're doing? Maybe God wants to reveal to someone. It may not be for everyone. Maybe it is a situation. I'm not saying everybody is always anxious just because of their situation. But what if it is, or, or by their decision, but what if it is your decisions that are causing anxiety in your life? What if you need to let go of control? What if you need to let go of how much you intake, how much you need to ask God for self-control. And how much, and how, how much are you running away from his word and his calling on your life? How much are you willing to disobey rather than just obey? And it's not, and it's not a rule thing. It really isn't, I promise you. It's more of a blessing to obey. It's a lot more refreshing. It's a lot more, it's a lot more, there's more anointing when you obey. The first thing I want to talk about, the first thing I want to pray over, and I don't usually talk about it, but but I want but I want to I want to I want to see this tonight, and it's not part of my points. If you've been struggling with sin, or matter of fact, living in it, because struggling with it is the sanctification, but you're living in it, you're letting it just overtake you. God's not looking at you with a frown face. Yes, yes, sin. Sin separates you from God. Yes, sin messes up your relationship with God and others. But but God's not looking at that. God's looking at, hey, I, I just want you, we always hear, oh, repent, repent. But repent means to change your mind. Repent means to change the way you think and the way you do stuff. Because the way, if you change the way you think, you'll change the way you do stuff. That's how it works. Your brain operates before you, you do the action. So, We need to ask God to change our minds. If you're in here and you've been living, not just living in sin, but it's been a a tough fight, but you keep feeling defeated and you feel like your mind has to change or you need to repent towards the Lord for what you've been doing. With no one looking around, I don't want anyone looking around because if you're looking around trying to see who sins, guess what, buddy? You sin too. You do the same stuff. You just don't say it. 
But I want someone in here to humble themselves. I want you to humble yourself and ask God, Lord, I've, been, I've made these mistakes and I understand now that I can come to you with it. That you're not upset, that you don't look at me a different way, that you want to help me. If that's you, if you've been living in sin and you need to change your mind and repent, I want you to boldly lift your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see the hands. Keep it up. Thank you, Jesus. Just, Lord, I've been dealing with sin. Lord, I need to repent. I need to look to you. I need to go towards you. Thank you, Jesus. You can throw your hand back down. Thank you, Jesus. I promise you, it's not a, it's not a humiliating thing. It's a divine appointment with God. It's a divine appointment. Now I want another group of people to raise their hands. If you are dealing with your need of control, you, how much you intake, not just with your phone, but other stuff, or you're not obeying God's word or you're not obeying his calling on your life. If you're one of those three things, I want you to raise your hand. One of those three things. I'm not obeying his calling on my life. I'm not obeying his word. I, I, I have a control issue and I, I didn't take so much. It's okay to raise your hand. Thank you. You can throw your hand back down. I want to say two things to the two groups of people before I pray over you. The first group of people, if you feel shame, I pray that the Lord wipes it off of you right now. Because I can tell you right now, if you're feeling shame, that's not the Spirit of God. When you sin, you don't feel, you're not supposed to, you don't feel shame when you come into the presence of God. So if you're feeling shame, there's something upon you that needs to be shaken off. And understand that God, God's grace, He has so much space of grace for you. So much space. So much space doesn't mean that you should continue to sin, but it gives you the opportunity to grow. His grace is sufficient to cover you. I want you to be encouraged by that. Don't feel like you're defeated. Understand that you can overcome the stuff that you're sinning with or sinning against, whatever. Understand that you can overcome it with God. That He would rather you come to Him, go to Him, rather than you just make the mistake and feel like you can't tell Him anything. God wants to know everything. He's like that, you know that one best friend that, that you can talk to about anything and everything? God is that. God can be that. Understand that He is, He's. that's why He's the Savior. That's why He sent His Son. He didn't send His Son so that you can do good stuff and stop doing bad stuff. He sent His Son so you can be set free from the bondage of sin. You are forgiven by Him. But let's change the way we think. It's okay to change the way we think. Even though sin is pleasurable and all this stuff, it can be broken. For the other three types of people with control, all this stuff. Your control is killing you. Your control is killing you. And I'm telling you, once you understand that God's in control, you will have such a peace and relief. Once you give it into God's hands, release your death grip on your plans for you and your plans for God. Release it. For the second group, ask God for self-control. If you're intaking so much and it's causing you to be anxious, in, ask God, God, give me a self-control of intake. Help me. And then 
third and final thing, if you are not obeying God in your calling, he wants you to know, hey, I'm, I'm not upset. I want you to do this. I've called you. Don't back on me now. Don't back out on me. God says, I want you to calling because I've called you to and I've put you, I've made you for that specific calling. Now I'm going to pray over you and then we'll leave, but I want to, I want to pray over every single person that's dealing with sin, that has a control issue, that it takes a lot and that you're walking away from God's calling and you're, and you're struggling with obedience. I want God to refresh you in this moment. Father, I thank you for every hand that was raised. I thank you for every humbling heart that confessed because it's not a shameful moment, Lord. It's a, it's a moment where they can expose something that's not them, Lord. They are not the sin, Lord. We understand that sin, when we do it, it separates us from you. But Lord, we know that we can come to you about it. Lord, we, ch- we pray that you help us change our mindset before we can change our ways. Father, we ask, Lord, that you that you change our minds, not just our behavior, because that comes with time, but we know that you can change our mind in a second, in a moment. So Lord, we take every thought captive, every sinful thought captive, every overthinking thought captive, and give it to you. Father, for everyone who's dealing with, with control issues, with their intake, Lord, with their, with their disobedience to your calling of the word, Lord, we pray for a fire, a fresh fire of God over their life, over their spirit, over their soul. That, Lord, that they can they can experience that they don't have to have control. They can sit and relieve and think, yes, God, you are in control. It might not look like it, but in the spirit, it does. You have control. Lord, we pray for self-control. We pray for our intake. We pray for our intake, how much we're intaking, not just on our phones, but on other stuff that might be making us anxious. Father, we pray for every single person that's dealing with having to obey. Lord, we pray for a a desire to obey. Not just to obey and not and just not do wrong, but Lord, to obey because there's a there's a benefit to obedience. There's a benefit to obey. Not just to bribe us, but to help us understand, Lord, I, you want us to do right. You don't want us to just live evil. You want us to live in a righteous way. So, Father, we pray for every mind to be renewed for every heart to be refreshed, for every soul to be filled up with the Spirit. And we pray for every single repentive mindset, Lord, that as we change our ways, before we can change our ways, we need to change our mindset. Lord, we pray that the peace of God, the King's peace, that surpasses all understanding. But we understand that it's already in us. So we thank you for the peace that you've already given that we need to recognize. Lord, we honor you. We praise you for this. We thank you for every single word that you've spoken over us tonight. Lord, we honor you. We thank you and praise your precious name. It's in Jesus' name.